everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and if you are brand new to this show, this show is all about Magic the Gathering, where I talk a lot about Magic the Gathering, and as well as I like to bring on people from time to time to, you know, anybody from content creators to pro players to now I can officially say cosplayers as well, too, because this week's episode, I have my first ever Magic cosplayer, and I'm very excited to present Ariel from Air Bubbles Cosplay. Um, she was really cool to talk to. We talked um, not only just cosplay in general, but we talked about Magic Cosplay, Magic the Gathering, um, sort of like the world of cosplay, and then we talked about some D&D and some game design. So, I mean, that was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun talking with her, and I really hope you enjoy this episode as well, too. But before we begin, um, let me just get some announcements out of the way here. So, I am scheduled to be at Grand Prix Dallas next week, actually, May 4th through the 6th, and I will be a part of the spell slinging event, and I think I'm going to be a part of the Friday evening bounty, uh, the bounty hunting event or something where you play against, if you play against me and beat me, you win some extra prizes, um, and then I will be in the Grand Prix main event Saturday and maybe Sunday if I day two, which, you know, you never know, I'm, I, I can be... I, I will say my strengths in magic are definitely more in limited than it is in constructed. So we'll just have to wait and see. I don't know. But I'm also scheduled to be at Grand Prix Orlando from August 10th through the 12th. Um, Grand Prix Atlanta from November 2nd through the 4th. Um, magic with Zuby can be found on the following on facebook.com slash magic with Zuby on Twitter at magic with Zuby. You can email me with any questions you may have about the show at mtgzuby at gmail.com. Uh, this show can be found on iTunes, Google play, Stitcher and TuneIn radio and YouTube. Um, if you want to support magic with Zuby in any way, I've got my own Patreon at patreon.com slash magic with Zuby. And if you happen to subscribe to the highest tier, which is, I think only five bucks a month. And if you subscribe for three months in a row, I will throw in a magic with t-shirt, which I finally officially got the first magic with t-shirt with, I am bringing to grand prix Dallas next week. And I cannot wait to wear it and see everybody there. Um, so, I would also like to say thank you to Magic Wazoobie's sponsors on LegitMTG.com and our newest one, Manatraders.com. Are you tired of buying singles in order to play events on Magic Online? Manatraders allows you to rent any cards and decks you want for a monthly price. Be sure to check them out and use coupon code MTGZUBY, that's M-T-G-Z-U-B-Y, when you check out and get 15% off your first three months. So that is use coupon code MTGZUBY at manatraders.com. Uh, thank you guys for sponsoring this show. So let's get on with the ads and get on with the interview. Well, hey there, Zoe. Why the long face there, chum? I just want to order some magic cards, but the shipping was too expensive. Too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to LegitMTG.com, you can order any magic cards, and anything over $2 or more has free shipping. Wow, free shipping at LegitMTG.com. That's amazing. You heard that right, Zoe. Free shipping at LegitMTG.com with any order over $2 or more. Be sure to visit today and get the best deal on magic singles and magic sealed product available. Wow, that's amazing! Man, I wish there were others who liked retro video games like me. 
Did I hear someone say retro video games? I heard it too, Matt. Well, if you're a fan of retro video games as well as gaming in general, you need to listen to the VCR Gaming Podcast. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Oh god, my house! Zuby here, and I am joined by Ariel of Air Bubbles Cosplay. I wanted to bring her on today to really talk about Magic Cosplay and Magic the Gathering as a whole, and really talk about her. So I guess to start off with, Ariel, um, how about you introduce yourself? Uh, well, like you said, my name is Ariel from Air Bubbles Cosplay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am a game tester by day and then cosplayer by night. Um and I got into cosplay actually because of doing costume design in college because I didn't want to work in the scene shop and little did I know I would have to buy lots of power tools to make cosplay so kind of came full circle there (laughs) (laughs) so that's interesting so I'm pretty much I, I know nothing really about cosplay and I know um like I've been going to conventions since 2010 and just the evolution of cosplay has dramatically changed in that short span of time. Um, so when you mentioned power tools, I'm really interested if you can elaborate on that a little bit. Uh, yeah. So, um, I guess the first thing, the first thing I ever bought was, I guess you can consider it a power tool. Yeah. Um, it was a heat gun because I work a lot with Warblow, which is a thermoplastic that you can heat up and mold and shape into things. And then it cools and it's okay. really hard. So I like to use it for armor. Um, and then now I have a Dremel because I've started working a little bit more with foam and Dremels are really great to get the shape of foam. And um, I just bought, um, I guess, I don't know if this is really a power tool, but I just bought a cry cut maker. <laughs> um, so I could stop harassing my friend to use his laser cutter all the time (laughs) so um uh and then i guess my scope of power tools is not as large as other people's but when i go to my friend's house i have to use like a bandsaw sometimes and lots of drills and things like that so (laughs) yeah who's what i tried to get away from (laughs) oh man no that that sounds pretty cool because like when, like you said, when I think of cosplay, I just think of people, you know, sewing like clothes together or I mean, I, I really don't know, but um, it's it's crazy or, or I mean, kind of cool to hear that you actually, you know, can use tools to make some of these or have to. Um, wh- what how long have you been cosplaying for? Um, let's see. I have to math for a second. Uh, <laughs> like seriously probably four years okay three five five years okay okay and what do you primarily cosplay as is there a certain um character or i guess games or themes that you typically do (laughs) i guess i kind of have one that falls in all of those (laughs) but uh primarily magic cosplay and then also destiny the game and then uh i try and do characters that are redheads because i don't particularly like wigs very much um but you know there's only so far you can go but okay 
Okay, nice. So in terms of magic cosplay, I, I, I'm looking at your Skype avatar right now, and it's Chandra. Are there any other characters that you like to cosplay as in magic? I really enjoy... I've, I have Hannah, and I like wearing her, but, you know, not a lot of people know who she is because she's from old weatherlight original weatherlight and she's and she's yeah. dead spoiler alert um <laughs> uh, so i like i like wearing her just because it, it's nice to be kind of elegant sometimes and not as sassy yeah um and then now so this is a time when i open my closet and i have to remind myself what i've made um <laughs> and then i i have a chroma as well and i wore her quite a bit she's just very taxing because of the wings and even though they weigh less than five pounds it's still like yeah uh, like i gotta walk sideways gotta stand up straight and uh and then i ate too many tacos so now it doesn't really fit very well but we'll get back to that someday (laughs) thankfully (laughs) she's kind of timeless so i mean i can take her out whenever i want and it'll be fine so but chandra she's the best yeah definitely Oh yeah, it's um, no, it's it it is pretty cool seeing that um, it, I mean especially you know I've seen your pictures especially from the recent Grand Prix Seattle that we just had and um that looked like a lot of fun. I wish I could have made it. It's um, it's I'm very limited on what GPs I can actually go to because of I'm over here in Florida, so going flying from Florida to Seattle that's it's quite a distance and it gets really expensive the further out you fly. Yep. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be going to GP Dallas this year and, um, which is actually in next week as of this recording. So I'm actually really excited about that. And I saw there's this one cosplayer. I'm going to butcher her name. It's like Zoe Pilot or Zoe Pilot. Um, I think she's Brazilian or something like that. And, um, and so I don't have you ever heard of her it's it's spelled z-o-p-i-l-o-t-e probably so now I have to like is is she I I know I like follow a lot of people who do cosplay magic uh yeah I don't I don't know if she has a twitter I found her youtube channel though and it's all in it's all spanish so I'm like I don't know what she's saying or that's cool though she's talking yeah no, but so that'll be cool. Get to meet her. But um, the only other cosplayers I've ever met before were um, when I went to GP Atlanta. And that was when I saw Christine Sprinkle there. I think that was her last appearance before that whole debacle. And um, and then there was, um, I th- oh, crap. There were some others. I don't remember their names, though. But she was the big one. Um, so I, I guess going back more in terms of cosplay, I mean... So you've been doing it for, you say, about four to five years. What have you noticed that's changed in the world of cosplay altogether? Oh, man. Uh, Beginners look like experts now. Um, That's the first thing that comes to my mind, and things are more complicated. I think back to the first um, contest I ever entered, which was at Emerald City Comic Con in... Hang on, I gotta remember the date. Uh, 2015. <laughs> that was the first contest I ever entered, and I was dressed as the Queen of the Reef from Destiny. And that rendition that I wore was a lot different than the one I have now. The one I have now is uh, more detailed, but I actually placed okay. third with it. And I kind of look back and I'm like, "Well, that wouldn't fly now," <laughs> which isn't a bad thing necessarily, oh, or or even the. Yeah. Uh, 
actually, no, I, I forgot the first one I did uh, enter was in 2014 at Emerald City, and that's when I brought my first rendition of Chandra that I ever made, which was my first armor build, and I somehow made it past the prejudging into, like, the final stages, um, which it's completely different how they run it now, and um, I didn't win, but I did make it to, like, the second stage, so that's sort of, like, placing in a sense um, to describe it, and um, that armor okay. would not make it anywhere now in a contest and um so and seeing people now who come up to me and they're um i get a lot of people that talk to me about warble and armor making because that's what i like and i teach a lot of panels and workshops and sometimes i've had people come to me a year later and be like oh i was at your workshop but now i made this and it's like amazing and i'm like how did you <laughs> what or uh, my friend who uh lady duvesa online she has this beautiful build of Alduin from Skyrim and she still looks up to me and I'm like, girl, you should, I need to look up to you now. Look what you've made. This yeah. is ridiculous. So I've just noticed the pace is a lot quicker now. Um, people are making things faster and better and I don't really know what is the cause of that. And it's super cool, but also really intimidating at the same time. But that's at least what I've noticed. And of course, more tools like some people, you, if you've talked to people who've been doing it for 10 years, they'll be like, yeah, we didn't even use heat guns. We used a hairdryer or whatever. Oh, we used yeah. cardboard. And um, now people have whole shops to make one costume or whatnot or friends that they can so, harass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So is the availability of materials easier to get for cosplay now? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, even just here in Seattle, we have tap plastics and then, um, oh, man, what's it called? A smooth on shop just opened up so people can go get everything for their mold making. And then um, Warble is at tap plastics now, so you don't even have to buy it online. I mean, I still suggest it because it's cheaper online, but um, yeah, it is a lot easier to get things. So is so is the community now a, like I hate to use the word cutthroat because that's just the first thoughts I was getting from you because I, I guess there are a lot of contests out there that I guess can get serious. Is there like prize money involved with that or? Uh, yeah, in in that aspect of the community, definitely cutthroat. There's still very much like community family feel um, in cosplay. There are, like, they just had the biggest contest called, uh, oh man, it's a really long name, but I can't even remember it, it's so long, but it's at C2E2, Okay. the Chicago convention, I don't even remember the name of it, I'm terrible, um, but that's sort of like <laughs> the biggest contest, and god, how much did the winner take home? It was a lot of money, if you win like best in show there, you take home quite a big Cashville, like even at Emerald City, I believe Best in Show takes five thousand dollars home. Um, oh wow! And like That's flight and hotel to C two E two the next year. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's definitely getting bigger as far as that, and uh, some places aren't necessarily doing as big of contests as that. It kind of depends on the company that's running it. So that part is really cutthroat and a little scary, <laughs> but. In the end, everyone, if you're backstage with everyone, they're still having a good time and touching things yeah. and being like, oh, my God, how did you make that? And it's, <laughs> it's really cool. Okay. That, well, I mean, that's good to hear because, um, you, you know, like, like you said, it, it does – like you see all these contests. Like the, the only co – the 
costume or cosplay contest that I ever ever really even follow is the BlizzCon one because I'm a huge Blizzard <laughs> fanboy. Um, you know, Warcraft, Starcraft for life here for me. And um, just seeing some of the costumes they make for BlizzCon, it's just insanity to me. It almost looks like they're... Re- like some some of the ones that wear the armor, like Arthas or you know whatever soldiers or orcs they have, it looks real to me. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um. So I, I guess going back to magic cosplay, is that sort of similar to there? I I don't notice any magic cosplay contest per se, except I don't they have one at um like oh, what is it Gen Con or um I thought I saw they had one last year or am I mis misremembering? I've never been to Gen Con, so I'm not sure. I I think they have one there because I've been kind of interested to attend the con. As far as like anything yeah. magic specific, there isn't really like a magic cosplay contest. Um, they've kind of really, especially with Channel Fireball taking over, uh, they've really taken on this huge like group community cosplayers of magic feel like let's get this huge pool of cosplayers and make sure that there's a couple of them at every gp and we want to make them special and that they're really a part of it and which i think is really cool um grand prix seattle is probably the best grand prix i have ever been to in a while and i mean not that i've been going to many but i've been going for the last i think three years so and it was such a great feel and just being around that many people who really appreciated it no and that's really cool and that's sort of the vibe i've always gotten when i see um you know people such as yourself posting cosplay pics it just seems like a very laid back sort of cosplay community in magic Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem to be this cutthroat you know hey i gotta make a better costume than you type feel i mean at least that's what i feel from the outside What, what are your thoughts on it I mean, I have a whole, we have this, uh, what's uh, the, like a group chat on Messenger of me and like a, pretty much everyone that was at the Seattle GP and other people as well. We're trying to just include everyone. And it's, it's a huge group of camaraderie. Like someone's like, oh, I'm going to make Liliana. And someone else is like, oh, me too. Let's like plan it out together. Or someone would be like, oh, well, I've made her already. Do you want any tips? Or, hey, I have this costume for sale or I have this wig for sale. Or it's a, uh, it's really neat so it's definitely not that cutthroat of i need to make the best one it's like hey i'm i've made this or i am making this how can i help someone else or how can they help me and i it's so cool like i love that feeling that's cool that's got to be a nice um change of pace compared to i guess if you're prepping for a cosplay contest and you know you gotta i guess worry about the other people (laughs) and what they're doing yeah it is it is nice (laughs) yeah so I guess let's talk about Magic here for a little bit. Um, how long have you been playing Magic for? Uh, I've been playing, let's see, uh, math time. Okay. I think actually about the actually about the same amount of time because the reason I really got into cosplay was because of Magic because my, my now fiancé handed me a Chandra Pyremaster card and said, I think you'll like her. And then that was the <laughs> first like real big costume I ever made. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. And then he taught me how to play by making me think I was winning and then crushed me afterwards. Yeah, I, I, I know those feelings. <laughs> no, um, so what's, um, what are some of your favorite formats that you enjoy? Uh, I really am super casual. I am a big fan of EDH, and I still like to go for pre-releases. So that's kind of my extent. I tried to play standard once, and... 
I don't know if it was necessarily the people I played, but it just wasn't a really good experience. And also, it's just like way too stressful to keep up with it. I'm like, I can't do it. It, it is. <laughs> it, no, I know exactly what you mean. The Pretty much the I, I realized the other day, the only reason I still play standard is because I can only really go out and play magic on Fridays. Friday nights mm-hmm. and my LGS and LGS is around me. All they do is standard. So I'm like, well, I, I want to play magic and I want to play with other people, but all they do is standard. So I'm like, oh, I guess I'm stuck with this here. Yeah. <laughs> so that's been my experience with that. But no, I, I agree. I've, I tried going the competitive route, um, two years ago and tried to, you know, do that PPTQ grind and all that. Mm-hmm. And I realized I don't like it. And it's you and not saying that this side of the magic community is bad or anything, because I mean, be I'll be honest, you do meet some of the assholes of magic when you're trying to get competitive, Mm -hmm. especially the rules lawyers and the (laughs) people who will do anything to scrape a win, you know, and it's like it's sometimes that's just the ugly side of magic. Yeah. I don't know if you ever dealt with people like that before. It's um, it's not the most fun. More just the people I, I, who take it way too seriously. I'm like, oh man, we're just here. Even at like a pre-release, I'm like, we're just here to have fun. Like, please yeah, do not take yeah. it this seriously. Yeah, I mean, I can understand taking it seriously if you're at a Grand Prix and you're at the main event mm-hmm. and you really want to win because, you know, there is some decent decent prize money involved with it. But I, I just realized like two years ago, like, this is not my scene. I, I'm not enjoying it. I'm not having fun because, you know, I'm having to practice you know, just grinding out games of magic to prep for this tournament and just realize I'm, I, I, I hate, I'm hating this game now that I love so much. So I've definitely taken the more casual route where I will play standard F and M. Um, I do, I do go to pre or I do like pre-releases. I go to grand prix cause I enjoy the side events, but I don't take it seriously at all anymore as I used to. Yeah. It's 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 tough, and I commend especially pro players because when I've had pro players on the podcast before, and I hear them, that's all they do is like play magic all day every day. I'm like, I don't know how you do it, man. <laughs> I could not do that. No, I, I I'd end up like hating the game after. Like if if it was my job, I'd be like, no, I'm done. I can't do it. Yeah, I don't even make like costumes every single day, so I couldn't even imagine. Oh yeah, um so you don't you couldn't see yourself being like her professional cosplayer i guess so to say like um what's that really pop that yo-yo han or <laughs> yeah yeah han <laughs> or yeah 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 see i'm really i see i don't know i don't know any of the names i the only other one i know is that ivy doom kitty yeah because i've seen her here at megacon in orlando here she's really um, nice yeah she, she was when i met her but it was like i think it was before she even started blowing up really big like I said, some of these cosplayers that I knew like five, six years ago, it's like, oh my God, they're almost like celebrities now. It's like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, I think I'd want to be somewhere like in between that. Like, I definitely have a hard time still. Like, I, I enjoy game testing and doing that. And I think there are things I would want to do at an office, but it's hard for me to want to do that forever. So I yeah. think I would be really happy staying at home and making costumes all day. But uh, to an extent, and like a lot of fame can come with a lot of bad things. So 
I would want something in between. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know. I, I I like the idea of being a judge at contests and being able to put on workshops and teach panels and talk to people. Like I, I like that idea and being able to like sell some small merchandise and not necessarily big builds because in today as well I feel like while people do still do commissions there's a part where people want to more fill in the gaps than just have a whole costume made for them yeah so being able to make those smaller pieces I think would be really cool but I I don't have the time to do that because I work (laughs) full-time oh I know exactly what you mean I work 40 to 50 hours regularly on a light week oh my gosh I know what you mean it's um so you do game testing huh mm-hmm. um i mean not to try to dive too deep like i'm I, i'm if, if you want to devolve what company it's for i mean you can but um so what kind of um what's that like because I've, I've heard horror stories about game testing <laughs> um <laughs> yes <laughs> people think uh, it uh, sounds uh, really cool but just imagine hmm. playing your favorite game every day for eight hours <laughs> and picking it apart like that's that's a really drastic description but i mean it's it's more than just playing a game like sometimes you have to play the same thing over and over again or stare at the same thing over and over again and uh it's exciting to watch something evolve from that but at the same time it can be really mind-numbing but um uh, and, and like I, I wrote uh, Twitter has exactly where I work so it's not like I'm revealing secrets but so I work at Pokemon and um, I, I t- oh so that was actually true I thought that was just some sort of <laughs> <laughs> no it's <laughs> that true is like some sort of sort of like a metaphor or something like that I'm like oh okay <laughs> secretly <laughs> awesome. a Pokemon master no <laughs> so yeah, yeah that, that's what I thought it meant <laughs> so that's where I work and um in, and I can't tell you exactly what I do, but I am a game tester, yeah. and that's that's my title. And uh, I I get to test a lot of things, uh, different things though, which is very exciting because coming from where I had originally be started as a game tester, my brain was like, oh well, game tester is the only kind of tester. That was like my very shallow understanding. And then I was like, oh wait, yeah. no, like everything needs to be tested, like everything. <laughs> So it's been a really great journey of just in like, I don't know, seven, eight months that I've been there where I've been able to really learn many other things. And it can be really fun if you can spread out, spread it out that way. But if you are not patient or like detail oriented or willing to do something over and over again, then you probably should not be a game tester. (laughs) (laughs) So it sounds like even though you know i'm sure there's good days and bad days but at least you're playing you know pokemon where i can't imagine some game testers that are playing i don't know some really crappy games that you know that that have to be qa'd at least to somewhat extent you know a lot of those shovelware games that come out for consoles i can't imagine doing that because those are some of the horror stories that i've read about like someone who has to play test i don't know super dora adventures you know, a game that's meant for three to four year olds and having to play that over and over and over again and just probably wanting to tear your eyes out. <laughs> yeah, where I worked before, I did have to test games like that, but I felt like they made me smarter, so that was fine. Not like Door the Explorer type games, but like hidden object games. <laughs> I felt like I got oh, smarter. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I was there before, and you know, you do have the good days and you do have the bad days, so, but. 
it's still a nice it's still a cool job in the end oh that's cool but um it's I, I guess another question i have regarding in that is are some of the horror stories i've read true when it comes time to like right like i guess a month or two before the game releases uh, i i remember reading that game testers are working 12 15 hour days and um stuff like that i'll be honest i haven't had to actually partake in that kind of uh, that aspect yet um, I've heard many horror stories of that from my my co my colleagues um, but I mean just like a, any person on a team making a game uh, I mean you can just look at Bungie or who was the person was it Warhammer that just announced that they were delaying and it was supposed to be a joke but they posted that they're gonna make everybody work like an extra 40 hours every week or something oh and, my god I mean, it's, it's not a joke like it's probably really happening like those poor people like if there's something delayed or you hit a big bug like i i've seen it live just from even like bungie with like destiny updates like yeah it's it's definitely true because you know they got to get it out it's what makes them money like it's their product like they have to make sure it works and if that means people working overtime it's what they have to do oh yeah i mean it's I, I also do a video game podcast called VCR Gaming, and that's been one of the topics we've talked about before is just the complexity of video games now compared to back in the late 80s and 90s to where in, in the late 80s, you could get away with a team of 10, 15 people. And some of those 10 to 15 people are also the QA testers as well, as well as the developers. It's like, you could not get away with that nowadays. Like those developers and programmers, that's all they do. They don't have time to test and all that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I guess without getting into, I mean, I, I, I guess, yeah, you, you could probably divulge this, but like how big are like some of your testing teams that you have? Are, is it like hundreds of people or like 10, 20, 50 people or, or you can't really say? I mean, I don't, I think it'd be bad to base it off of my team in particular because it really depends. Um, cause there are also companies that you can, uh, utilize to help you test. So I don't really, Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't, oh, I don't okay. really want to say cause I don't want people to think it's like a standard or too much or too little. So I think it just depends okay. on what you're making and where you work. Oh, okay. Is that um a pretty big thing? I, I guess being in Seattle, is that a pretty big, like, common thing, like, game testing, game development over there? I would assume so. We have quite a few game studios over in our area. Like, there's Bungie, there's Valve, there's... Um, oh, that's right. Valve's over there, too. I know Blizzard is there. Um, and... Oh, wait, no, no. They're in California, yeah, no, Anaheim. Yeah, they're in Anaheim. Sorry. And That's right. there are many more, but my brain just like shut down and made me forget all of them. But um, there are <laughs> there are many. <laughs> okay. Well, see, in Florida, all we've got are um, hospitals and funeral homes and what else? Um, more medical facilities. Yeah. Don't don't they say you retire and go to Florida? <laughs> Isn't that pretty joke? Pretty much. I mean, I mean, w what I do is I'm in um healthcare IT. Okay. And, um, I mean, re really good field to be in, but it's like, I mean, there's, there's not many other like industries here. I mean, yeah, there's some finance and lawyer industries, but nothing exciting like video games. Cause I've, I, I've tried, I've, I've applied at blizzard before for like some it stuff and 
it's unfortunately they have no remote work from home positions <laughs> yeah those are hard to so, find yeah it's um because i would die to work for blizzard like i said i i fanboy out about blizzard a lot because it's i've been playing their game since i was a little kid starting off with warcraft 2 and starcraft and it's i'm still hooked on that blizzard juice even today <laughs> It's um they, they've got me by the grips. Um, so speaking of Destiny here, what are your thoughts on Destiny Two? Oh, so <laughs> I'm I'm probably still one of the more pleasant people in the community. Uh, I mean, I enjoy it. I was always behind a Destiny One because I could not just grind it like everyone else did. Or even yeah. I think I I got to the reef and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna make the Queen of the Reef, and I had to put it down for like three months. And then by that time, like all my friends had finished, and nobody wanted to like go back and play with me. And I was like, well, this sucks. So it took me pretty much until right before Destiny Two came out, where I actually got all of my guardians to like max light and. It took me that long because I just don't sit and grind a video game. I can't do it. I get bored or tired or something. And it's not that it's bad. It's just that's how I am. And I don't want to sit on the couch that long. So. Oh, um, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah. The older I get, I'm getting the same way like that too. So when I, I've enjoyed Destiny 2, I can definitely... There are things that I have complained about that everyone else has complained about. And, um, and as I continue playing it, they become more and more relevant to me. But it's still i still enjoy playing it and i still think it's a fun game because i still have tons of things to do in it so <laughs> oh you are not alone i'm right there with you it's unfortunately i stopped right as soon as i hit um the max light at um when the game first came out mm -hmm. um right before the first expansion but i only had one level 20 character at the time so i never went back and did um the hunter and warlock and um, so I mean to one day, but by the time I finally get back to it, because I'm hooked on that World of Warcraft juice right now. <laughs> so when I do finally get back to Destiny 2, I'll have to drop some money for the expansion packs, though, because I, I, I was just like you with Destiny 1. I was always behind with my buddies. And f most of the time I was playing solo because no one like like you said, no one wanted to go back and grind with mm -hmm. me and all that. So I know those feelings and. I did really like the campaign of Destiny 2. Um, I thought it was really fun, and it was, as far as the narrative storytelling, it was miles better compared to Destiny 1 and the, the vanilla expansion. Um, so I, I enjoy it, It's but it's, like I said, it's not my cup of tea right now, that is. Yeah, So that makes sense. And you'll have to go back to play a warlock because that's obviously the best class i'm just saying <laughs> uh. <laughs> See, i was always torn between titan and hunter hunter was my first one i really enjoyed it i like warlock don't get me wrong it's just you know you, you always fall in love with like the first class you try oh yeah that's true mm. which i will say warlock and world of warcraft that's my second favorite class because that was my one of my second characters that i ever built my first being a druid, but you know, I've had my druid since 2005 and he's still going. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. He, he's my baby. He's, he's my oldest. <laughs> yep, I, I spoil him. I think even if there was like destiny 84 and they continued like bringing over your guardian, I would like always play my warlock. I think it was like the coolest feeling like starting up destiny two and like reselecting my character and not starting over and being able to like go back 
a blast through the past and see like the first time I did this raid with my my warlock and all this stuff and I was like yeah. oh man all the feels and then they like make you lose your light and I'm like no don't die oh. on me <laughs> I didn't I didn't get to have that because I went from, you know, playing Destiny 1 on PS4 obviously and then I played it on the PC mm. for Destiny 2, so I was pretty disappointed that I couldn't transfer save or buying the account or whatever. So that that kind of sucked, so I didn't get to see that. It was very emotional. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, no, you get attached to those characters. I completely understand like my World of Warcraft druid, he he's my baby. You know, he, he even though he's God, he's he, he's two years younger than my oldest because <laughs> my oldest was born in 2003. So it's, you know, it, I don't know. You just get those attachments sometimes. Oh, yeah. It's just totally cool. I love hearing that stuff. Yeah, it's and it's one of those just when you think you can quit World of, World of Warcraft, it's one day you're just going to be like, oh, I want to play it again. And then you're instantly sucked in. <laughs> That's why I stay away from it. But I'm also terrible at PC games. I play Guild Wars 2 with my sister sometimes, and uh, I should probably stream it because it's hilarious because I'm so <laughs> bad at it. I think I got stuck under the water one time. We were, like, trying to beat this big monster. And then I, she's like, okay, go this way. And I was like, okay. And then uh, I got stuck <laughs> under the water, and I was like, okay, get out. I'm stuck. And she's like, just go up. And she's, like, laughing at me. And I'm like, I can't. I can't get out of the water. <laughs> Is it the controls you have troubles with? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I grew up with a controller, not a, a keyboard and mouse, because I grew up in a, a not wealthy family, so we had one computer for a very, very long time, <laughs> and it was really bad. Oh, I, bad. I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then I grew up with two sisters, so uh, when the consoles started happening, like we started out with a PlayStation 1, and then GameCube and then Xbox was sort of the first like thing that was mine and mine alone. Yeah. And I didn't even get my own computer until uh, I went to college. <laughs> and uh, that was a MacBook, a black MacBook. So this, Ooh, nice. this computer I'm on now is like the first time I've been able to have a computer that can actually play a game. So I'm very nice. late to the PC party. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. It's... um. I've been I've been both console gaming since I was a wee little lad and um, doing computer gaming since I was ten or eleven, um, or yeah, I think around then. I'll just say that I don't remember, but um, no, that's cool though. So um, so what are some of the Destiny two cosplays you have? I, I'm I'm assuming one is your warlock. Uh, that, if I had to guess, yeah, that's the only one I have from Destiny two right now. Um, okay, because. It takes a lot of time to, like, make things. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, from Destiny 1, I made Yolder from the Rise of Iron expansion. Oh, she's, nice. She's dead. Spoiler alert. Um, uh -oh. And then... <laughs> but she's so pretty. She's a redhead. I was like, okay, I have to make her. And she's a badass. She's a titan, which makes me sad. But, you know, I, you do what you gotta do. <laughs> and then, of course, Marasov, my queen of the reef. She's... I mean, yeah. based on some cinematics you could assume she's not around anymore but some grimoire from destiny one suggests she's still alive so i'm holding out hope i'm holding out hope that she's still around and she's still like a very classic piece to bring out but uh i i would like to make more things from destiny 2 i just uh i need to get that inspiration of something to make i i really like anna bray but i uh i really want my friend 
Allie to make her because they she looks just like her and I was like you need to make this and then I'll hang out with you as Yolder and it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> so do you is Destiny 2 costumes harder to make than compared to Magic? Mm, not necessarily. I think it just depends on what you make. I decided to make the stupidest hardest thing ever um because it has like eight bazillion things of detail and like wings that glow and a sword that lights up so you know i hate myself i guess but (laughs) um i think it really depends on what you're making okay okay do you have any other scheduled appearances coming up for like grand prix or anything makes me sound so fancy (laughs) yes uh (laughs) yes i guess scheduled wise i'm going to be at uh gp vegas Oh, lucky. So it's really cheap to fly there from Seattle, so that's why we can go. And I also had a bunch of cards that I could sell and be able to pay for the flight that way. So that was really handy-dandy. And, nice. Um, and then, okay, that's in June. I'm going to be a judge at a local convention in uh, Spokane, Washington. I, You know, that's kind of small. But <laughs> as far as <laughs> Grand Prix go, I only have planned Vegas, Portland, and Vancouver because those are so kind of the easiest to get to. And uh, they offer, I, I had opportunities to go to ones out of the country, but it just didn't work out and I would have had to take too much time off of work. And so maybe, yeah. maybe one day I'll be able to go, but not right now, sadly. No, I know what you mean. It's, um, it, it's tough planning these. Um, Cause I had, well, I mean, not that I had the ability to go to Vegas, but I had, I wanted to go to either, Dallas or Washington DC and I decided uh, let's go to Dallas because Washington DC is the same weekend as Labor Day weekend mm. and I'm, I figured that'd be pretty terrible Ooh. but yeah Grand Prix Vegas I can't go because it's the same weekend as my daughter's birthday and I don't think she'd be happy if daddy flew out to Vegas just to go play magic <laughs> that's why you bring her with you and play magic it, with her <laughs> it gets so expensive well then I'd have to bring my other daughter and my wife and that's when it gets really expensive <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's because I'm only going by myself to Dallas because, I mean, it was a relatively cheap flight from, you know, Tampa to Dallas. It was like a hundred bucks. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go. It's cheap. And um, but when I started adding in like, oh, how much would it be to add, you know, kids and wife mm-hmm. and then hotel and then, you know, food and all that. I'm just like, oh, my God, this is getting expensive. And and even though my wife wouldn't mind going, she'd be bored, though, because she she likes magic she'll play with me if i beg her to do it but she's um definitely not one of those she'd rather be playing D than magic if i gave her the choice Ooh, that's that's a tough choice though they're both very good options yeah so i know you play some D as well too right i do so um how long have you been doing that for since uh, 2008 2008 okay so what 10 years now that's pretty cool oh god um, it's been that long oh. i know right <laughs> i can't believe it's like 2018's almost halfway over oh my god don't say that i know that's crazy i know it, i feel like we just passed christmas literally just passed christmas and it feels like it's right around the corner again no i need the i need the warmth we need some summer and then i will then I will accept the fact that winter is coming again. Yeah. So 
I, I know being down here in Florida, it's nothing compared to Seattle when it comes to weather. But even here in Florida, there's been some days in April where it's down in like the high 40s and low 50s. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? At this time of year, it should be like 90 degrees and 100% humidity out. Ugh. It's like, I, we're not used to this kind of weather. Like even today, um, it was like in the upper 60s in the morning. Like this is not normal. That is weird. It's. Yeah. I think it is a little bit warmer than. Well, it's almost May, so I don't. I don't know. I. I just. I remember it being warmish the last few years, because. Uh, but yeah, it's been warm. These the like today and yesterday were the first warm days in a very long oh, time. That's good. And it's been, but it's supposed to rain on Friday, so whatever. <laughs> oh yay. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're getting to that point of the year where it's going to rain every day at three o'clock in the afternoon here in Florida, and it'll be torrential downpour, hurricane force winds for rain for about twenty minutes, and then it'll be done. <laughs> Sounds cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you get used to it. It's funny when um there's an afternoon thunderstorm does more damage than when we get like a category one hurricane over here. Holy cow! It's like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's another thing in Florida. You get used to hurricanes. Um, it's I will say, being a homeowner now, I do get more scared when hurricanes come because you know I actually have something to that I want to protect and keep. Mm-hmm. Whereas years before, when hurricanes were, I'd be like, ah, I don't care, whatever. <laughs> so it's that different, de- definitely a different mindset when you own a home. Yeah, at that for point. sure. Um. So, oh yeah, D and D. So you said you started in two thousand eight. Are you? Was that a fourth edition or third edition? I think that was third when we started. I believe that makes sense. Yeah, where it was really long and took you like six hours to be in a fight. (laughs) Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've been I've been definitely getting the D and D bug since last summer, and I've always played um tabletop role playing games when I was a kid, and I played so much during in college too. Um. We played a lot of um, not just D&D, but other um, type of role-playing games like Torg and what White Wolf and Vampire the Masquerade, just some of them. And, uh, but we always came back to D&D. And, um, it's, so since last summer, I've gotten my kids into D&D. We have an ongoing kind of, I don't know if you watch the show Supernatural. No, I don't. I should, but I don't. <laughs> oh, my God. It's it's one of my favorite shows of all time. It's sort of like a mix of the X-Files meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That sounds dope. Yes, it, it is. Trust me. Once you watch just the first couple episodes, maybe hard to get into, but trust me, it's so good. It's There's a reason why it's been going on for 13 seasons. So um, I, I implore you check that out. So I've got a supernatural theme campaign with my kids because they love the show too. And then um, I'm currently on two online games right now. Oh my goodness! I, yeah, um, I, I'm a little addicted to it. Um, what about you? You said you had some games going on right now. I uh, I'm in two. Um, it will probably get more eventually because people at my office play, and I want to play too. But um, Ooh, nice. There's uh, the campaign I play that my brother-in-law is the DM of, which is kind of dangerous, but he's a good DM. <laughs> a little terrifying. <laughs> but I also play with my mom and my sister, which is really cool. And uh, that's awesome. But 
I, I've been playing, they ended up, the original campaign I started in, uh, kind of just ended up falling apart because it, so I went off to college and it just didn't, we couldn't keep it going anymore. And so when we restarted with my brother-in-law as the DM, I brought back the original character I was playing and just fudged her a little to be more accurate to this uh, version of D&D. And uh, I like playing her, but man, I'm really bored now because I've been playing the same character forever. But, um, and then the other campaign we're in is sort of, it's supposed to be a one shot, but it's taking forever because my <laughs> party likes to look at everything. And, uh, oh, geez. So that one, my, a really good friend of mine who was the first DM actually who introduced me to, uh, D&D is DMing and, uh, we're all like criminals and so he wrote this up and we're all criminals and we're trying to find this mask together and uh yeah we're a terrible bunch of criminals that's for sure but that's awesome it's very that, that's the, that actually sounds a lot of fun um what, what what characters are you playing currently what classes so i kind of am cheating in the main campaign i'm a revenant sorcerer there aren't really revenants oh, okay around but uh yeah i play that and i have a backup character for when i finally die which is very (laughs) hard for a revenant to do officially but i I have a kenku cleric written up and it's like a traveling medicine man from like back in the day and i'm very excited to actually play that character but that um, sounds cool and uh and then the other campaign (laughs) i can't laugh when i think about this i made a tortle bard Ooh, who's a that criminal? sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> is he a slow criminal, or I, I guess I don't know too much about tortles. They, in their D&D. base speed is thirty feet, which is the same Whoa. speed as my sorcerer, and I'm like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> that seems they seem pretty fast to me. I have a tortoise, and to be fair, if there's food somewhere, they will go very fast to it. Yeah. Yeah, I used to have two baby tortoises. Um, I know you're not really supposed to keep him as pets, especially here in Florida. I don't know what it's like in Washington over there. But, um, yeah, you're right. They were pretty fast, and they're smart as hell, too. They would... um, I, I call I considered them brothers and they would try they would do these daring feats to try to escape the cage they were in. <laughs> yes, I I was told that male tortoises are very good escape artists. because um, I have a boy and as far as like owning them as pets, like if you go to any pet store there will be tortoises and turtles. Um I somehow got a breed that should not be able to be sold as a pet. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. I just went to a pet store and that was the one that was there. But uh, he's a Greek tortoise, which is very similar to Russian tortoises. And Russian tortoises okay. are the ones they usually sell for pets. But um, yeah, when I didn't have a proper cage, he would frequently climb out and get out and scare me because I would just find a random blob on the floor and I'm like, oh my God, oh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So now he can't yeah. get out, but he tries. Yeah, the, the two little tortoises I had, they would always like one would be the stool and the other one would climb on top of them and then just climb to the top of the cage and get out like you motherfuckers like how are you doing this so good i love it (laughs) yeah but um so that's cool you're doing a turtle um bard that's an interesting combination um i like that i've i've currently got 
Um, the one campaign, I mean, I literally just started these campaigns this past weekend. Um, I've got a pretty boring wood elf druid, um, and he, he and the kind of campaign that's being played. Uh, the DM is doing a sort of town management type game, mm-hmm. so it's it's sort of like it's almost kind of reminding me of almost like playing Age of Empires or um, Civilization in a sense. Oh, okay. So so it, it's it's very. Di- I've never played this type of campaign before. I'm always used to the you know sword and sorcery type spells, go and kill stuff. But this time we got to manage a town, which is it's neat. It's a neat concept so far. And um, then the other one is your kind of basic sword and sorcery type campaign. And I'm playing a um, half elf bard who's like a combination of a, a Kender from Dragonlance, sort of like Tasselhoff meets Han Solo. Oh, man. So he, he's he's a pretty fun character so far. He um, w- Every time we get out of an encounter and we go to a town or something, I start singing about the tales of my heroic deeds of how I defeated the bad guys alone by myself. And <laughs> it was just so. me all by myself. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he, he likes to tell tall tales like there, there, there's stuff that actually happens, but he stretches the truth a little bit, you know? <laughs> oh, man, I love that. Yeah, so I've been having fun with that. Um, so what are some of your thoughts on this new edition of D&D that's been out for a couple of years, 5th edition? I mean, I've enjoyed it. We um, had a, we did like, I feel like when it first came out, we did like a preview to make sure we wanted to actually play it. And it was like night and day going from like what we were playing to 5th. And I was like, huh, okay. And uh, I'm not like super hardcore, but uh, I mean, I've been enjoying it. The battles are faster and it's just, it's been yes. more enjoyable than my first rendition of D&D. So. Oh, I 100% agree. Now, don't get me wrong. I do still kind of miss the, oh gosh, I guess the the stat aspect of, you know, old school D&D where you could really grind those numbers and do the math. But as I've gotten older, I, I don't mind getting away from that and just doing more role playing and I do enjoy that battles can be a lot faster now, Mm -hmm. especially at low levels. So, and that's probably one of the best things with fifth edition is how easy it is for new people to get in and play. Yeah. It's, it's, and making a character, you can make a character with a new person in 30 minutes, you know, if maybe even shorter, you know? Yeah. I, I totally forgot about the stats thing, but yeah, it, I also like, it feels like we level up so much faster. I don't even remember what level I like, we last left off at, at, or whatever the stats were. I can't even remember. It was so long ago, but I just feel like there's so much more room for growth in this. And my fiance had never played before. So when we, you know, wrangled him to convince him to join our campaign, um, it was really easy to get him into it. And he kind of just literally yeah. told our friend, or like, this is what I want. I want to be a fighter and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, okay. And then they made him a character and it's like, perfect. And he loves it so much. And then when we did the, um, the rolled up our characters for the criminal campaign, like we, we took a little bit longer to pick things, but that's because we sort of had this huge open book of things to pick from. We'd never had before. Like we were taking some of the newer classes such as, you know, like the turtle or, um, yeah, what's the snake man i can't remember what that type is or we have a bugbear as well someone's a bugbear so oh that's right you can do that yeah so that one took a little bit longer but i mean like everyone was basically an hour or less to create this complex character and story it was so cool 
to watch it all happen. Yeah, I love it. I, I really like that they, even now, they support more theater of the mind type um, playing of D&D because that's pretty much all we used to do as kids because we didn't have, you know, grids and boards and all that. And they definitely made it easier to translate theater of the mind and combat and just any kind of situations now, mm-hmm. which I love about it. Um, <clears throat> it's, I don't know, I, I'm just... I'm starting to get obsessed with D&D again. Um, I, I've bought all the 5th edition books. I'm trying to work my way back to getting all the, you know, 1st through 4th edition. Which, I don't... Have you ever read any 1st edition D&D books? Oh, man. I feel like I picked one up, but no, I haven't read through it. So, I recently picked up the 1st edition Player's Guide. Or Player's Handbook, I mean. For D&D. And I just gotta say, I thought... Um, the fifth edition handbook was sort of like a mess of, you know, where you find stuff and all that, because sometimes it's not the easiest to locate stuff in that book. Oh man. Fifth edition handbook is way better than first edition. Cause that, that thing is a mess. They barely tell you how to create a character in that one. <laughs> oh, God, They're just sort of like, they just sort of give you stats and, oh, this is what strength does. This is what a barbarian does. And you're just like, here you go. And that's about it. Figure it out. <laughs> Pretty much it I'm cuz I was really cuz I was just interested in seeing how it evolved, you know, from first edition to now and I was wanting to try to make a first edition character and I'm just reading this like where where the hell do you even start, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but um no, it's been interesting. Um but yeah, that was um I I did originally have a an LGS group of D&D players, but when my LGS closed, that sort of fell apart. So I don't get too much face-to-face D&D action except with my two kids. So right now it's just sort of all online on Roll20 at the moment. Yeah, I have some people Uh, playing on that. Or I know some people uh, playing on there. Yeah, it's definitely... um, I, I did a tweet the other day where the technology just amazes me for what we have for D&D where like I said before when I was a kid when um we wanted to you know if we did want to use like figures or something on a battle we I would use pencils and cups to say okay this pencil is a road and this cup is a house or tower or something now now they have all these you can buy all these miniatures and tiles and you can buy like game tablets now and it's just like, oh my god, these people are so lucky that they have all this. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, I feel even lucky with what we started. We still had a, we had a mat, we had miniatures, and uh, like each one special to us. And then, and, yeah. Uh, but I've definitely been able to play some games, like our, our little criminal one. Like we don't, we have like a map that he, our DM drew like beautifully, but it's like a small one, so we're not actually having you know characters on this board and whatnot so it's a lot of visualization which i I enjoy because it gives like a a semi free-for-all of like movement we're still like moving the maximum amount we're allowed to but it's still yeah i don't know i feel like it gives more room for imagination oh yeah oh yeah for sure um oh oh i wanted to get some of your thoughts on i guess i guess the social evolution of magic and D&D because when you look at especially those two games now they're a lot more widely accepted than they were say 10-15 years ago um how do you how do you feel about that I I'm going to tell this story and I feel like it's going to make me sound like a terrible person 
But like, yes, it has definitely transformed into a way that everyone, it doesn't matter who you are, plays. And I think it's really cool. Because when I was a kid, I remember, God, what was it? It was, we, we used to actually make fun of the kids that played Magic. I hate saying that, but but we did. It, it was also like a boy game anyway, and girls weren't allowed to play. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I remember in in college, I remember there were people playing Magic because I didn't play Magic until afterwards, and I was like, oh my God, that's so dumb. And, <laughs> and now look at me. I have so many cards, I'm drowning in them. And I'm like addicted. Oh, I'm like, yeah. I need more cards. So, um, and I think those comments came from that, you know, bring, upbringing of being at least from my perspective especially as like a girl being told like no that's for boys and like you know my mom is like the biggest nerd ever now too and i think she fell into that social like stigma especially it started with video games where she wouldn't allow us to play video games because they were violent and like bad things would happen yeah and now she like is more plays more games than me but um (laughs) (laughs) i think i think it's been really cool watching the transformation of it and a lot of it comes from you know things such as like critical role um coming out and showing like all these groups different groups of people like when joe manganelli was on i was like what he plays D&D? i know right what? i was like blown away and it's so cool to see that and it's just it's it's not it's like storytelling like you said it's like reading a book but like out loud to people or like it'd be like going to a movie or being an actor like it's it's not nerdy so to say quote unquote like anybody can do it because it's just that storytelling and bringing people together and you know magic is i mean it's a little bit different because you know you have this card base and whatnot but it's become it's still needs work but it has become a more (laughs) acceptable environment and more welcoming and part of that comes with you know press from twitter um with wizards and whatnot and even the sort of what some people would probably say they shouldn't have done but i think it's cool when they've done the outreach uh, as far as pride um i think they're selling a shirt now and even then they changed their logo during pride week which is just so cool um I think that really reaches out to a huge group of people just saying like, Hey, we made this game. You should play it because it brings people together. Yeah, no. And you make a really good point as to, you know, it, it, it definitely has evolved both, both of them. Cause I can remember as a kid, I mean, I, I told this story on my other podcast where when I was a kid, even just playing video games, you'd get made, made fun of. And I can remember when I started first diving into magic and D and D the video game kids were making fun of us for for playing magic and D and D. So, and I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but when I see how like open and inclusive and diverse, you know, magic and D and D have become, it's very weird to me because when you grow up, grow up like I did where, you know, D and D and magic were thought of satanic and you know, Oh, you're, you're evil for playing those games or, or you were looked down upon by even, even nerds looked down upon other nerds who played magic and D and D back then. It's, it's very weird. It's almost, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing or anything. It's a very good thing, but it's almost kind of like surreal, I guess is the best word I'm tr- I can think of where it's like it, where, you know, you said Joe Maja, I'm, I can't remember his name. The True Blood guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
plays D&D and then you find out Vin Diesel mm-hmm. has played D&D for a long time. It's sort of like, whoa, okay. So this is starting to become a thing and, you know, critical role and, you know, magic being plastered all over Twit now when, you know, there's a Grand Prix and it gets decent numbers. It's 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 very surreal, I guess I could I should say. It's 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 good. It's it's good for both. It's like I said, it's just one of those like this isn't how it used to be you know yeah <laughs> where it's like it used to be very hush hush like you don't discuss taught you played magic or D ever because you'd be you know outcasted yeah it's it's funny you mentioned thing about video games because it reminded me of uh when i when i got my xbox and i started playing halo a lot i was like the girl that played video games at school i wasn't like popular or anything i was in band yeah. like nobody really cared about me but like I, I played video games enough that people noticed it and like and then in my senior year I was even voted like next video game champion female and uh, <laughs> I can't help but sometimes get a little bit um, I guess like jealous would be the best word but I don't like that word but uh, I, envy that'd be better I can't help but get envious when I see like girls who are 10 years younger than me like making a living off of like twitch streaming like these video games I'm like damn it I could have been that but it wasn't cool for me to do that back then I know right <laughs> so I was like dang I know. it <laughs> yeah I recently interviewed a um a kid local here who their high school has an esports team oh and and God. I was just and I was just asking him like you know so does everyone at your school play video games like yeah it's so common now and I'm just thinking to myself you know like you said you're you're a girl who played video games back then it's sort of that 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 was very unheard of for a girl to openly admit she played video games you know 10 15 years ago because you know it, it, you're right for a lot of times society viewed that oh it's only a boy thing and it was very rare and strange I, I don't want to I don't mean strange in a bad way but it was like yeah. strange when you're a kid thinking oh a girl playing video games what that's that's cool you know yeah it's like you never really came across that when I was a kid but nowadays it's so common for everybody to play video games like my two girls um they my my oldest has a ps4 and she loves last of us any kind of zombie games um she's obsessed with zombies and stuff like that <laughs> nice and and my youngest, she loves Mario and Mario Kart. She's obsessed with those games. So, and you know, it's just normal for them. Well, it also helps that their dad is a gamer dad, so they have access to all that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you know, it, it's a lot more acceptable nowadays for just anybody to play video games. And it's like you said, if I was ten years younger, I'm sure. It, yeah, if I was like 20 now i'm sure i'd probably have a successful stream you know and all that stuff and you know when i have all that time unfortunately i barely have time to stream an hour a week (laughs) yeah and and i have to remind myself that even though i couldn't do it it's still super cool seeing a lot of other people being able to do it and uh it makes me really happy that there's like a lot of especially coming as a female like seeing a lot of female gamers out there or even like magic players like seeing people win or just go on and like do complete badassery stuff i'm like yeah you go you got this (laughs) oh i know no i know what you mean and me having two girls it's you know i like seeing that stuff make them want to see like hey you know you you girls can do anything you want don't think you know you're you know relegated to doing this one thing but you know it's um i 
the oldest is definitely coming around to liking magic more. I've introduced her to Commander, and she's in love with it. As um, she should be. <laughs> and she, the only Commander she likes is my favorite Commander, Crufix. And so whenever we play, she always wants to play Crufix, and I'm like. And I'm just thinking in the back of my head sometimes, like, come on, I want to play it. I want to show you how to actually use it correctly and <laughs> just own your face. But um, no, but she, she's starting to come into her own. She's, I'm not having to help her as much, you know, just having to remind her of certain, you know, um, abilities and stuff like that. And I took her to um, my local LGS to do a commander pod, her first ever commander pod. And I... And the two the two other players we were with, they were very experienced players. I just told them, like, you know, just take it a little easy on her. She's still learning. And I got to say, she held her own. The The things that she kept doing were exactly what Crufix was made for, just cyclonic rifting over and over and over again. Oh, my God. I bet they were <laughs> like, just... are you sure she's still learning? <laughs> yes, yes. They actually thought, like one of them asked like are are you guys hustling us right now and like <laughs> like i swear we're, i'm not <laughs> that's so funny oh my god so I, I was very very proud of her that she held her own she she didn't win or anything but she knew exactly what to do you know save up the mana cyclonic rift when it was necessary and just keep keep control of of all the boards as best she could so so I was note very, to I was self a, never play your daughter in commander <laughs> Uh, it's, well, if she's playing Crufix, no, don't play against her. Because <laughs> <laughs> the other decks, she, I try to get her into some of my other commanders. Like I have Cranko, I've got um, uh, Locust God, I've got Omnath, oh. uh, the the red green one, and what else do I have? Oh, I've got my um, Aisha uh, Tanaka, my banding and phasing deck. But she doesn't like that one at all because she doesn't understand banding. Mm. I mean, I barely understand it, so. <laughs> but um, but yeah, she she just keeps going towards Crufix, and she's doing really good. My youngest, um, I took her to the Magic Open House. Uh, what was it not last week and two weekends ago? I think it was. And she she understands the basics of Magic, but she's still at that age. She's eight. She just can't really focus too much on a game. She'd rather um. She loves D and D though. It's so funny listening to that kid role play she is hilarious she gets so serious when she role plays she and she describes in like perfect detail like how she kills someone or or what she does while talking to someone i'm like and i think to myself i I think i should be worried here (laughs) the way she describes some stuff (laughs) it's so cute though at the same time (laughs) Oh, so cute how you just <laughs> eviscerated that monster. So cute. <laughs> well, it is. And she um she wants to DM so bad. And she has DM'd one time. But then what what ends up happen, happening... <laughs> uh, sorry. It's, it's so funny when I think about it. Because the one time I let her DM, all she did was just tell a story. And we, we didn't even play. We just listened to her, whole, her make up this whole story and all these characters. And... We were just like, well, are you going to let us play? She's like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I got to tell it some more. <laughs> it was like a half hour of just her telling a story. So we're like, okay, okay, J- just write this down, okay? <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Like, okay, this it, is what's going to happen. <laughs> she wouldn't even let us play because she's like, no, 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 I'm not done talking yet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> she thinks that's all you do when you DM is just talk the entire time. I mean, you talk a lot, but 
you know, you got to let the people play. So she's not quite ready yet to DM, but she definitely has a lot of imagination, though. That's, it's so cute. That's super good and very, I could never DM. It would be very bad. I'd be like, okay, go into that room. What do you do? Oh, so, <laughs> so have you never DM'd before? No. It's, um... I, I'm one of those forever DMs, unfortunately. I mean, it, it's I love DMing. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot of fun because especially when you come up with what you think is an awesome scenario and in five seconds, one of the players figures it out and you're just like, motherfucker, that took me like two days to <laughs> put together. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, it, it's a lot of fun. But recently, I've been trying to stay away from DMing and play, actually, because it's been... It feels like forever since I've actually played a character. Yeah. So that's yeah. been fun. We, I'm sure we do lots of things to screw up my brother-in-law's plans. I think oh God, we're, we're just like really dumb, I think, sometimes. One time he literally <laughs> set it up that we were actually supposed to break down a door, but we were so timid. Like my character wanted to break down a door, but nobody likes my character in the campaign. So, um, but uh, <laughs> so instead he had to literally make like on the fly a tiny hole that our druid could get into via being a mouse because we could not figure out that we needed to just break down this door it was and then afterwards he's like yeah you guys were just supposed to break down the door and i was like see see i told you guys (laughs) (laughs) no but no you guys were right to be timid about it because especially depending on what kind of dm your brother-in-law is like if he's one of those kind of evil DMs where you where you do something that you think is innocent, but it's like nope, there's actually a hellfire demon right there. Um, yeah, he's so. uh, I, he's a nice DM, and sometimes he can also be very evil. <laughs> I like to think I'm more of a fair DM, where I'll I'll I'm pretty laid back, but if one of the characters is gonna do something stupid. I'm going to be like, well, you're going to have a consequence for doing something stupid like that. And I've managed to team party kill a few times where people just weren't thinking, th- you know, you know, through some stuff. I'm just like, mm, well, OK. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be the one that does all the dumb things, but my party doesn't let me. So I guess that's OK. <laughs> no, but well. I think that about wraps it up here. Um, I guess where where can people find you if they want to reach out to you or follow you on the social medias? Uh, there's three great places. I have Facebook under Air Bubbles Cosplay, and then I have Instagram under Air underscore Bubbles underscore Cosplay, and then I have Twitter, which I'm at Air Bubbles. I'm probably most active on Instagram and Twitter, so if you want to hear back from me quickly, those would be the places. Um, and I think that was the question you asked me, right? Where do people find me? Yep. <laughs> yep. <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> so in those places. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. Well, I just want to thank you again for coming on. I really enjoyed it here. And um, you are Magic Wazoobie's first ever Magic cosplayer Woo-hoo! to come on. So. I'm very happy about that. I, I'm, I've been meaning to try to get some cosplayers on, and I want to get some more on too. So thank you again for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure, and I can give you a list of more people you can contact. <laughs> sure, I, I'm definitely down for it. It's um, like I said, I want I want to talk to more because that's one. A- I've been doing this podcast for two years, and that's one aspect of magic I have not touched yet is cosplay. Well, so. awesome! I'm glad I can help. <laughs> 
Oh, well, thank you. Well, all right. Well, have a good night. Thanks. You too. Hey, everybody. Zuby here, and I really hope you enjoyed listening to this week's show. If you want to reach out with any questions or comments or anything like that, you can definitely hit me up at the following on facebook.com slash magicwithzuby. You can hit me up on Twitter at magicwithzuby. We've also got an Instagram. I think the Instagram is at magic underscore with underscore zuby. Uh, you can also send me an email at mtgzuby at gmail.com. Uh, and that's probably the best way to get in contact with me. Um, if you also want to help support the show, um, you can check our Patreon out at patreon.com slash magicwithzuby. A lot of cool prizes and rewards there for um, people who sign up. I'd also like to thank my sponsors, LegitMTG.com, for um, helping the show out. And for a long time now, it's been been a while, they've been a sponsor of Magic Wazubi. Um, if you want to order any Magic singles or sealed product, and you want free shipping with that, just order anything over $2 or more, and you get free shipping anywhere within the United States. They've got a wide array of selection of singles and sealed product. Um, definitely the current up-to-date stuff is the best, um, and so be sure to check out LegitMTG.com. also like to thank Manatraders.com for being a relatively new sponsor of Magic Wazubi. Really appreciate um, them sponsoring us here. So if you are tired of buying singles on Magic Online and you want to you know, have the top tier deck because you want a challenge, there's a league or a challenge or a mox that you want to be a part of and you think you have a good chance of winning, Mana Traders is there for you. Uh, Mana Traders allows you to rent any cards and decks you want for a monthly price for as low as $9.95 a month. Um, you can use the coupon code MTGZUBI when you check out and get 15% off your first three months. Uh, that's manatraders.com, so be sure to check them out. All right, everybody, that's a wrap. And like I said, thank you again for listening to Magic with Zuby here.